Hello, everyone. I am Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio. My guest at this time has appeared on MTV, VH1, GAC, CMT, and has opened for Leonard Skinner, 38 Special, Guns N' Roses, Ted Nugent, so many more. I can't list them all. Please welcome Gary Jeffries. Hey, man. How we doing out there? Glad to be here tonight. Thanks, Matthew, for having me, too. Of course. You know, my friend Jamie Bostel was telling me about you, and it was like, this is going to be a cool conversation to have with you. Yeah, I, I guess I I was playing at the boardwalk in, where was it? It was in California is all I know. And and uh, he had come to that show, and I think he's been a fan since probably 1992, and he's turned into a friend now, too. So, yeah, it's he, he's a good guy, great singer. You know, but yeah, we've known each other probably since 92. We opened up for a group Bang Tango, he said back then. So followed it forever, he said. So yeah, good guy. For for sure, for sure. Now he, what's up? I said, and thanks for having me too. Of course. Yeah, no. So I want to start with a fun question. And I'm curious, before we dive too deep, what are your top three favorite albums of all time, Gary? Okay, that's on the spot. Ooh, that's <laughs> what we said we was going to do on the spot here anyway. Um, I would say Silver Bullet, uh, the, beautiful, the Beautiful Loser album by Bob Seger. And I would say, um, God, First Helping by Leonard Skinner. Um, who, what? God, there's so many. Uh, oh, and I couldn't tell you which CCR, but I love John Fogarty. So anything uh, as far as Fogarty albums, I like their first album they made with Brown, uh, with uh, Proud Mary and some of those early ones, you know, some of the old classic rocks, you know. You listed so, three. My, three, my favorites. You listed three classic albums from three legendary bands. Yeah, yeah. I I love them. I used to go. I used to have a cover band. We did a lot of Bob Seger music. We even had a tribute to Bob Seger. So we did, um, I think, two hours of Bob Seger music in my day, you know. And uh, so I really, and to this day, I still do some Bob Seger tunes. Like Turn the Page is probably one of my all-time favorites because you relate to it a lot as a musician, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely definitely feel it. Yeah, Bob Seger, I think. One of the best and in, out of uh, Detroit, Michigan as well. Yeah, yeah. Him and Kid Rock, I think they hang, hung out a lot together here, probably over the years. And, you know, so, but yeah. So, and then, yeah. of course, Skinner, they were a big influence. And I probably like all their albums, most all of them, you know. Um, so that, that was a tough question because there's a lot of great bands out there. <laughs> I know. I, I come out swinging with my first question. Always. It's always a challenging question. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now that we got all the challenging stuff, we're going to focus on you because it is your interview. Well, thank you. When did you know you wanted to become a musician? Um, well, I knew it when um, I remember my friend's making fun when they seen the Beatles, you know, and had, they had a little bit of long hair, not even long hair. And uh, my parents and their friends, they wanted to see the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. 
you know. So I would have to say the first time I seen the Beatles, I something about it just it rung with me. I loved it and I even I think on my last it was my last album, I got a song on there called I Ain't Done Yet. And it mentions that in that song. It, it it's more or less saying it was over. Once I seen the Beatles, I knew that's what I wanted to do and and I ain't looked back. I still love it just as much too is the issue here, you know. And it's been a few years. <laughs> yeah, no, the the what are you talking about the controversy with the Beatles hair? I mean, it wasn't really that long of hair and people were definitely getting upset about it. They were, you know. I know during my era, we'd get our hair over our ears and we'd get kicked out of school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I was, I bet I was kicked out at least 10 times for long hair in school. I said, look at me now. Hair <laughs> <You know? laughs> on your ears, you know. They would always, Gary Jeffries, come to the office, you know, and uh, they said, well, you need to get your hair cut or you're going to have to leave today. And, I'd leave. You know. <laughs> That's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. I thought, well, I have to have long hair for my band, you know, so I ain't cutting it, you know, so. <laughs> That's right. Can't cut my hair. I got to rock. Yeah. It just makes you, it's more real that way, you know, so. That's right. And, you know, the Ed Sullivan show, I remember my music class, we actually watched that Beatles episode with Ed Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a mate, yeah. I would love to see that again. I mean, I see clips from it every now and then, you know, but that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, and just the Ed Sullivan show, like, I mean, they had acts like the Rolling Stones, the Doors, the Beatles, all of these huge acts on his TV show. Yeah. I can remember when Jim Morrison, they were, he had a problem with them doing, saying, light, come on, light on fire. He wanted to change that word, didn't he, for for Morrison, and Morrison got right into the camera, you know, and uh, you know, he really emphasized it when he told him not to, you know. So that was a good one, you know. You're not gonna tell Jim Morrison what to do. I mean, that's just not. It's not gonna happen. No, 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 no way, no way. Uh -uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Ed Sullivan show. I remember watching that, and I still watch that even every now and then. I, watch, I see some clips of it just, you know, for my show and get inspiration for what I like to do, too. I mean, it's such so cool. Like him and like Johnny Carson, they're like two shows that I, I still watch just to, you know, better myself. Johnny Carson, I love to watch. They do him late night on TV, you know, and what can you say about him? He's one of the best. I don't think they're going to have late time talk hosts like that ever again. You know, he was off the cuff and just always good, you know, so it was amazing. Yeah, no, he's like the benchmark for like TV show hosts. It's Johnny Carson. Like there is, he is the one. Yeah. Now I got to meet his sidekick, um, Ed McMahon. Yeah. Oh, nice. We were on uh, Star Search. We were up against a group called Little Texas. They, they got three and three-quarter stars, and we got three-and-a-half stars. But I did get to meet Ed McMahon, you know. And I don't know if you remember the Cherry Pie Girl, um, Bobby Brown. Maybe. She's my Cherry Pie. She was on that show the same time we was, too, you know. Later, she married Janie Lane. I, it was a, a warrant, and she got that video of the, you know, 
cherry pie girl the blonde and stuff oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about yeah yeah but she was on that show at first you know the same day we were and you know that's when she got her break you know that would have been around 1991 you know wow that's really cool just you know of the, the the people you meet and you know their connections with other people like you know ed mcmahon used to be on johnny carson i mean you know great great talent yes definitely it, it was nice to just to, to say you you know just like star search to say i've been on it you know now in our day they to be on star search uh, the record labels or the people in hollywood would say oh you don't want to tell anybody he was on star search and it was like why not i would tell everybody they they said well that puts a nail in your coffin you aren't as cool i said well call it what you want but i'm gonna tell everybody i was on star search you know it was fun you know exactly i mean come on i mean if you're having a good time you got on tv you had to meet people mm -hmm. uh, yeah well I, I think from that show i don't know if it was just that show little texas got signed to columbia records i think it was and we got sh signed shortly after the virgin records so it wasn't a you know yeah. you, can, you can see that show on um our, our performance on youtube if you want to get a kick you know i don't know if you've seen it but it's on YouTube. look up asphalt ballet on star search <laughs> and it's on there you know so, i'm gonna do that tonight it, dude you'll 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 get a kick <laughs> you know we actually done a song uh, that later came out on our first album you know uh it was actually a song that we had written with a guy named west arkeen who also wrote uh uh paradise city for guns and roses and he wrote a lot of gun stuff west did but he had written that song and we did on uh, star search and didn't win but shortly after we did get a a little record deal you know on virgin so it helped you know yeah, any kind of tv exposure helps you know it's always and you have fun too i mean that's the big thing you know, in this day and age now, you know, even with having done a, a few albums and, you know, traveled a little bit, it's about the fun. I mean, it ain't, if, if you're in it for any other reasons, I would say maybe reconsider because you got to have fun with it because you, it's amazing what you don't really make as far as money or anything it's just the love and the therapy the medicine that it gives you is what it's really about you know so i enjoy it for that reason you know and and just to be able to write music and just keep doing it i'm not chasing no more record deals or nothing it's strictly for my heart you know these days and that's where it should come from if it's you know if it's just for like monetary gain then you're not going to either feel for Feel, feel fulfilled, there we go, or actually being in for the long term. No. Uh-uh. I mean, I've worked with people that that's all they want out of it. They just want a, a record deal. They want to play big arenas and stuff like that, and they want to be the rock star status. But that's cool if it happens. But if when you're chasing that so hard, it's hard to enjoy what you're doing because you're so worried about conforming to this, conforming to that. It's like don't conform to nothing. You be who you are and hope someone gets it, you know. That's like, to me, Asphalt Ballet, incredible band. It was just, man, we, we were good, you know. We had a good band. But what we, I think we did was we 
we tried to follow a trend of Guns N' Roses and what everybody else did. So we altered just that little bit to be that. And instead of following what everyone else is doing, you should be the one that sets what everybody else should do, you know, and be yourself. You know, Nirvana did it. They kicked our butts, you know. <laughs> that and very, they, they very true. It was real, you know, so. Oh, well, it was time for a change. And they changed it, you know. But, you know, you'll have that. Especially starting out, like, everybody, you have to start at the bottom. You have to start somewhere. You don't instantly become a rock star the next day. No, no. And you're lucky even if you get remotely close to come, becoming one, you know. I always say the, the, the closest, always in my own mind, <laughs> you know. It, it, it just didn't, yeah. I say when I go on stage, I you feel like a rock star, whether you're a rock star or not, and you, it's that makes you feel good, you know. So yeah, for sure, for sure, you have you have to feel good and you have to have fun. But yeah, but starting out, um, how'd you start? How'd you get your start in the music video, the music business? You're gonna be shocked. Um, all right, I'm already all right, late on. Okay. Um, well, right after I seen the Beatles, you know, <clears throat> I didn't have a real guitar right then yet. So what we did, uh, me and three other friends, we made guitars out of cardboard, put them on sticks. And our first shows we were doing, we would lip sync to a Beatles album. And we charged five cents admission, I swear to God, for people to come down in the basement. And we wore these black beetle wigs. You, I don't know if you ever seen them. They were black and you, you could buy it for probably $10. And we acted, we were acting like we were the Beatles. You know, we had a fake drum set made out of cardboard, you know. And we did that for probably about six months, maybe a little longer. Then we did our first fair. Um... By that time, uh, I know I had got my first guitar. I didn't need a Beetle wig anymore. Now, my other guys, they were still borrowing stuff. They weren't quite into it as much. But a year later, we did uh, lip sync. Uh, lip sync at the county fair, you know. So I don't think we did any good. We wasn't like uh, anybody was that impressed. But <laughs> it was it, – it give you the first um, fever – after you were on that stage that you knew you wanted to do it again, the rush, you know, and I just remember the guy said, well, why aren't you wearing a wig? He said, I guess you don't need one yet. And I go, no, I, mine was already longer than the beetle wig, but it was, you know, and I had my own, my matter of fact, I still have my first guitar that was uh, from that era. And that was a while back and it sits right here in my room all the time, you know, but that was the one I played at the County fair. It was a silver tone. You know, so it's uh, it's my prized possession. You know. No, dude, that, that's that's a really cool, very unique story that I did not expect. Like, <laughs> that was first. That started it, and then it was like after the fair, and I was already learning songs. I had hooked up with another. He was an older guy. I was, man, okay. I must have been twelve years old then. 11 or 12, and there was someone across the street from where we was doing the Beatles thing. He played the guitar, and he played it pretty good, and he was showing me some good riffs, and 
I mean, I took up to it pretty quick because he showed me a way of tuning the guitar that I could use just one finger and do a whole bar chord. So um, by the next year, I was playing the fair and doing some of my own music. And I still would only have been about 13 or 14. And I think I did some, a song by Tommy James and the Shondells, you know. And <laughs> it might have been that song, My Baby Does the Hanky Panky. I think I did at the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> you know, so it was, but that was the first live show. And I think we got second place in that one. Uh, we did three songs. The first song I didn't sing because I was so nervous. But did sing the second and third, and I think we placed in that one. And then it was on. You know, it was on. You know, <laughs> I ended up starting actually a band with the older guy because I started getting kind of okay at singing and playing guitar. So he hired me to play in his band. And he, at that time, he had to be 22, 23, almost. Uh, you know, he'd been around the block a few times. So I got to play in his band. I'd have to stay on the stage sat in a chair, you know, because I might have been 14 and 15, couldn't drive a car yet, you know. So that was the next probably big experience that really got me going to playing with some older guys who always like to get me in trouble too, you know. And um, just I learned a lot from them, you know, playing bars and stuff. So and then from there, it just, I don't know, I wanted it bad. You know, I wanted to, so then it was, you know, go to this place, go to that place, start playing four nights a week. And pretty soon I had my own bands. Next thing I knew, I cut out to Louisiana. And that was a, a freak accident. But from there, had a buddy that went to Los Angeles. And then I moved to Los Angeles. And that was where it really, that would have been in 85, 86. That's where it really started going. Because Hollywood, the Sunset Strip was going. MTV was just hitting, you know, and uh, the pay-to-play stuff, and it, it, you know, we just worked it hard, you know, and I hooked up with the group Asphalt Ballet through some auditions. I remember that day I, I got that audition was, um, I was auditioning for another band. His name was Alex Mossy. He's like a really good guitar player and everything, but I go in that room and all you could hear was guitar. I go, man, I don't hear my vocals. He says, well, it's more about me. You know, he said, I am the, I'm Alex. And, it's, and he was, he was like a guitar god. And I got done. I said, well, and he was on RCA Records even. I said, I'm just not into this, man. You know, it's, I want to be a singer in a band, not just a guitar band. So I left and the lady that had the rehearsal studio, she says, oh my God, I know a band that's looking for a singer that's your style. At that time, they were called, um, oh, God, I don't even know what they were. They were like a Bon Jovi group, but it ended up being Asphalt Ballet. Went in there, and it just clicked like a mother bear. We were just like that. I hadn't done any of their songs, didn't know them. They give me little, some lyrical stuff, a little this, that, to, and it just, it was good. We were all smiling at the end, even though I didn't know hardly any of the song. I was faking it. You know, hadn't even heard them, and it was their own music. And so I was doing my own melodies and stuff, and it was that was fun when you're just jamming and making up stuff. I love doing that on the spur, uh, on the cuff. And from there, it, I think we were first called Godzilla or something like that. You know, 
was it Godzilla? Yeah, because we didn't want to go out until we sounded good, you know. And uh, it it started sounding good pretty quick. We would rehearse six nights a week, and we got good, you know. Ended up getting the record deal, you know, and stuff. After a lot of weeks on the or months or maybe a year and a half on the strip, playing, you know, the pay-to-play gigs, the Roxy, the Whiskey, Troubadour, all of those, you know, and so yeah, it it ended up getting the deal. Not that I was chasing that. Maybe a little more at that time, but you know, <laughs> it was it was cool, you know, and. <laughs> That's what led me. That was my path, you know. Um, very cool, very fun stuff. Especially, I mean, especially when you click so organically with a group of people, it's just amazing. It is amazing, and you know it. You and because it don't happen all the time, you know. But you know it. it you just know when it does, you know. To this yeah, no, day, when something clicks like that, you know. Yeah, you know it's right, and you're right. It doesn't happen like super often. Like you know, you know you're in good company when everything's just rolling. You're just jamming. You're just having a good time. When everyone's smiling real big at one another, and they're just like, "What the, what the hell was that?" You know, you're just like, "That was good." <laughs> you know, so and 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 yeah, that was the case with that group. It was a. Uh, asphalt was it was an animal i mean we had so many songs we actually worked uh guy that helped us was a guy named um earl slick i don't know if you've ever heard of earl slick he actually played um he wrote the song for bowie called called change changes he was a guitar player for him he'd actually played with john lennon he loved our group he used to get up and set in with us he played slide guitar and Having him kind of helped us a little bit too, because they thought, well, if he's interested, they must be pretty good, you know. So, but he performed the Roxy with us, the Whiskey with us, and uh, fun, you know. So, yeah, it's all it's all about having fun. I know. So, what have you been up to lately? I know you've been doing some solo work. Yeah, um, I have. I'm working on. Um, okay, this will be. Since my solo thing, I'm fixing to do my third Gary Jeffries album. I'm hoping to go back. We, we've got uh, probably eight or nine songs ready right now. We've been working why this pandemic's been going on. You know, it ain't been as productive as because it's kind of sometimes we get shut down out here, curfews and stuff. Um, but I'm hoping uh, first week of April, I'm going back in the studio uh, to do a new album. I've got my last album's called I Ain't Done Yet. And it's literally what it means. It ain't done until it's done, if you know what I mean. And that's what that happened. And matter of fact, that song ain't done yet. It's the one that mentions the Beatles, you know, and it says just what I told you when I seen it. It's over. Never looked back. Um, I've got a middle class man album. Really, it, it did incredible in France. Matter of fact, the magazine over there called Bands of Dixie uh, voted it their fan or their their magazine voted it the best album of the year actually beat out greg allman and i remember the who was some of the others i mean as far as the votes you know ended up getting the probably got the magazine around here somewhere front cover of their magazine in silver in france we did really good with the middle class man album you know got best vocalist of the year best album 
uh, I don't know, there was three different awards on that album. It, it helped our sales a lot. We sell really good over there. So, so I've done the, since in the solo stuff has been the, um, ain't done yet. Middle-class man in between that two, just, I think it was last year. I had done an album with a group called Stitch Pig Revival. I don't know if you hear that. Have heard I'm that? I'm not familiar with them. Get bored. It's a whole different take. It's more like the asphalt stuff. It's a little heavier edged. It's good stuff. Um, it was more of a project album, I think. You know, we we wrote songs, we recorded them, and did a video, which you can see the video too. It it rocks if you like that little edgier rock stuff. It's called Stitch Pig Revival. So that album came out last year. Um, I've had a few. After Asphalt, I I did the Regulators album. I don't know if you've heard of the Regulators. I have, yes. Okay, yeah, I did one with them. And then after that, it was, let's see, a group called Grouchy Rooster. They've got an album out there. Then after that, I did two with a group called Alligator Stew. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. They were, they were the ones we played with Skinnerd and... Uh, so then after that, I did a blues kind of a Stevie Ray Vaughan type album with a group from Louisiana called uh, Coupe de Ville. Really good album and just more blues based, more like Stevie Ray. And then after those groups, when I started doing my own solo stuff here. And so there's a variety out there, you know. Yeah, I, wanna I was going to say, yeah, I check, it out. check it out if you get bored. It's more. It's a little edgier if you like edgier rock or something, you know. Yeah. I want to check it out. Uh, you you got a you know vi a wide variety. I mean, it's still most you know still in the rock category, but a wide variety of different styles and elements. Yeah, I like the variety. I don't want to be like my guitar player the other day. He's writing some stuff. He says, "Do we have to follow this format of swamp or southern rock?" I go, "No." He said, "There's I I, I told him, there's no limits. I don't think that." what you should limit yourself on songwriting you you write it if it's hard rock whatever if it's country southern rock you know let's just go with it and see where it goes you know so i feel like a lot of artists are like really breaking genre like boundaries and just like this is a song i wanted to write and this is what i did and i think yeah. it's really cool it's very creative it is matter of fact it makes for better writing because used to i worried so much about writing the perfect lyrics and something that everyone likes. But now I don't, I, if I want people to like it, but I want to like it. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's stories about life, things that have happened in life and you hope people can relate to it, but it, it's got easier to write now that I don't worry that I have to write this style, that style, or is this person going to like it? I want them to like it and I care, but I ain't changing nothing, you know, not to be mean or being smarty, but it's like, no, this is the way I do it. You know, that's, you know, that's way I like it. At the, at the end of the day, you're your number one fan that you have to appease first. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to do too. Let me tell you. Half the stuff, of, I don't know if anybody else has told you, you write half of it you don't like, you know, yourself. I have heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, you know, so. I think I've got over six, 700 songs sitting out there on two different recorders. And I go back, and what I find interesting on the songs, and it blows my mind, 
when you've got that many songs on recorders, it's several years of your life. And it's like a diary of everything that's went on in your life for the last few years, you know? So it's, it's so neat to go back. They might not be all finished songs, but you, your lyrics are there, most of them. And the idea, I go back every once in a while, one that's 10 years old, and I think, why didn't I finish that song? And I'll end up finishing it and put it on an album later, you know? So it's, uh, it, writing is a diary of your life if you write from the soul and things that are really happening, you know, to you, you know? So... Uh, bad ones now that are too bad I and too maybe dark or you know bad I'll just hide those <laughs> you know, something that's too far out there yeah. yeah that wasn't by me that was Larry Jeffries yeah I, that's wasn't mine uh -uh. no 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 so yeah you're right there yeah and um so your latest solo album is ain't done yet uh, if people haven't listened to it yet, what can they expect off the album? Um, it's um, more probably in the lines of 38 Special, Skinnered. Um, it's got some great guitar playing. I, I think they're all good songs. Just, just good, not like I say, heavy metal at all. Just good southern rock tunes. Some songs crossing into new country sounding, but more just straight southern rock. You know, but it's still got a variety on there too. I'm trying to think of all the the songs on there. That's yeah. There's there's quite a variety on that one too. You know, it's but it's more the southern rock style. You know. You know, I I I have listened to it. I I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was it was good. Like if you're in the mood for some southern rock, I would say definitely check it out. Thank you, thank you. It's good for when you're cruising in the car, you know, and stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I got an interesting question for you because I know you, as, as we've been discussing this whole interview, like, you know, you've, you've done a lot. You've been involved in quite a few bands, doing a lot of different projects. What is some of your advice for someone looking to start a band or be a musician? Well, to, I think if you're really wanting, depending on what you want to go for, there's people that like to just play weekends. There's people that, that want to be a full-blown rock star, which I think, you know, it's a good thing to think that way. Um, all I know is I, I think you got to have players. Think that that old line that you're only as good as your weakest link. Don't settle for anything um, any less than really good. And the other thing you got to consider is even though they're really good, do they fit with your style? Do they, do you, does everybody mesh? It's kind of like putting a puzzle together, which is really hard to find the four or five right musicians, but they got to fit. If you're wanting to go national, uh, I think you, you got to have the right players. And what's tough, it's to get it started and get it off the ground. It's really tough to have those players until you get in front of, of people sometimes you got to settle for what you can get unfortunately you get out there and at first i mean it's nice to have loyalty but if someone ain't cutting it isn't working hard or they're coming to rehearsals and they don't know their parts and three other guys do know their parts well unfortunately 
they either got to learn their parts or you got to let them go. I think songwriting, I think it's nice to do the top 40 because you can get into clubs. You hone your skills on learning from artists that are legends and being that are really great. But learn to write your own songs from them. I mean, I think songwriting, if you're wanting to take it to that next level, is really important. You know, and, and once again, doing the top 40 does help you get kind of an idea what a good song is, you know, and it gets you exposure, it gets you on the stage. But I think finding the right players that everybody enjoys being together, too, because you can't have two guys that you can't stand them. It, I mean, for me, it don't work when I if I get a good player, but it's something about them drives you crazy, you know, and, and maybe the other guys driving them crazy. It don't work. You know, I don't want to waste much time unless you want to work hard and and be the best on the block, you know, not to say to be that big rock star thing, even though I keep going there, but to be the best on the block. That's these days I said, I want to be the best in this area. Not that I maybe will be, but that's my goal, you know, always trying to be my best. It's tough putting the right band together. It's tough to find players, you know, that are dedicated. You have to find four or five people, as you said, that have like the kind of the same mindset and kind of, you know, the same skills and like, oh, we want to do this and have goals. It's hard to find those people right away. It really is. And that's why it's it's horrible that I feel bad sometimes because I got to let people go, you know. But sometimes when you're first starting, like I moved to Ohio, I didn't know anybody, you know, and I'm trying to put a band together, you know, and I just Los Angeles to come here. And it's like uh, so it's a little bit more limited. But at first you got this player, you got that player. You got to get out playing. Next thing you know, somebody will say, dude, you got to check out this bass player. He is so into your style, the way he plays. You guys would mesh. You know, so I take the chance. I call them over, you know, and I want to see what they got. And if they they smoke it and it just clicks, and you know when it clicks, I got to, I guess, find out more about their attitude. Are they really dedicated? They're going to put in the work. Uh, are our goals the same? I've got to go with that guy to step it up. If it's a weak link that somebody, because so many times you get one that starts out the first few months and they're working hard. After about three months, they start setting on their butt. Everybody's learned their parts when they come into rehearsal, except this, oh, I didn't have time to rehearse that this week, you know, so, and it's always the same guy. So that guy's on the edge of, you know, so, but it is tough, tough to find the right players that, that want to, commit and it just has a chemistry you know it's not easy you know yeah i was i saw rob zombie uh he said the two things i look for is attitude and your skill set those are the two biggest things i look at yeah you got to it's like some of the players i'm working with right now when i first moved here i was pretty headstrong on doing original music you know and then maybe a few covers but Mainly, I wanted to do an album. I wanted to play uh, shows that maybe I don't play as much as the top 40 band. When I do play, though, we sell T-shirts, CDs. We look like we're at the level that we're a little better, bigger. You know, what you portray to an audience is how they see you. So if we come on with great original music, 
with a cool stage show. We have T-shirts. We have CDs. They look at you as like, wow, these guys could be the next big thing. Well, my problem when I moved to Ohio was nobody would commit to an original band. They would play in it, but if they had other top 40 gigs, they'd play two and three different bands. And it was hard to book gigs because I'd have to ask, ask every player, are you available this night? You available this night? Finally, I said, screw this bullshit. Uh-uh. But what's crazy, some of those same players that were playing for their 50 bucks a night, top 40 and hating doing it, I'm playing with them because they've decided that it's more fun to do original music and they've committed. You know, at first they didn't want to, you know, but they realized that when we do do the bigger gigs, we made as much as they did in their last three months of top 40 gigs because around here, they just don't pay you much. A lot of free gigs and stuff, and that's cool, but, and not that I'm in it for just the money, but it's, um, because you don't make much money. But if I'm going to do it, I want to do what I love. And like I say, these people now, they're enjoying it, committing, and I've been keeping pretty steady with the, the last bunch of players I've been working with, you know, so it's pretty good, you know. Yeah, where'd you find that rock, rock solid lineup? You know, and then you're going to like continue with this. Yes. And I, and that's what I'm feeling right now. I feel like I got four guys. This is the first time in a lot of years that I feel like I've got four guys that are dedicated. We're all in the same mindset. We get along great. We like hanging out and it, it feels right. Finally. And it's been a lot of years since I felt, you know, that I've had that kind of a band, you know, but you know, like when you, when you find it, you feel it, and you want to work harder at it. it. It just gives you more gas to work harder because you feel like you're not wasting your time. And this is the real deal. You know, I guess I still dream about saying, well, I guess I could have another band like Asphalt Ballet. <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, it's, it's just fun. That's a bottom line. Yeah. It's just like we, how we opened this interview. Yeah. Having fun. That's the first priority. Yeah. That's what it's about. Otherwise, forget it don't be in this business you know and, and just like the stuff i do like the stuff i do if i'm if i'm not having fun then it's like why am i doing this you know yes yes that's what it's about i mean we can work whatever other jobs but you got to get away from that regular day job during the day and at night you can be kind of someone else that you want to be you know so i feel you know, that yes yes you can be that other person you know, sometimes that's fun out of the other you, <laughs> you know. That's, that, that's right. I'm the eight to, there's an eight to five me and then there's the fun Matthew Thomas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like tonight I was telling you, dude, I'm going to run 10 minutes late. I'm just getting out of my work, you know. And it's right. like, oh you know, hey, so I'm, it, you, I'm cool with it. I was playing video games when he messaged me anyway, so. <laughs> Okay, it worked out perfect. Like I said, it was it's it's pretty nasty here. I don't know how you guys are. Indiana's pretty bad now too, isn't it? Yeah, we've actually say it was it was cold, like it was like fifteen degrees out, but um, it was actually not bad. It was very icy for the last like couple, like at least four or five days. It's been like super icy. To, so today it wasn't as bad. We got your ice then today and yesterday. We got a little ice and today, so underneath our snow was that half an inch of ice 
so it was a little hairy out there you know yeah at least the, the it hasn't really snowed or really rained uh for lately so the roads are pretty clear around me cool good good yeah ice is not fun like we this is probably the the win this winter season is the most i've seen ice and i don't like it <laughs> i don't either and our cars don't either you know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they're definitely not happy yeah this has been the first one in a few years for us too that we've seen the ice you know so it's, i guess you'll have that yeah i'd rather have snow than ice but that's just me at least you can throw snowballs at people and not hurt them ice on the other hand <laughs> yeah yeah so but that's where we're at we just got your weather we just started getting it in the last couple of days Indiana, Jeeper, i'm fine with it <laughs> yeah, you can keep that weather <laughs> i'm trying to get rid of it <laughs> uh, gary another cool question for you because i'm curious as i was with the first one i opened this interview what music have you been listening to lately wow oh whoa okay um wow putting you on the spot than, again um you know at work is about the only time i have been listening to a lot of music because it seems like once i get home and pick up a guitar between this the phone i'm constantly putting down riffs uh guitar riffs uh writing some lyrics here and there i've got a thing right here that's just a thing i've got just stashed with lyrics you know i'll write a few lines and stuff and 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 put them in this little bag and uh but i i don't listen to much other but at work you'll you'll be shocked what i like to listen to i like the old classic rock still i like the rolling stones i like um the yardbirds i i love the yard Yardbirds, some of the old stuff they did. So I listen to a lot of classic rock, you know. The it, it, and it's all over the place. I mean, it goes from anywhere from uh, oh god, uh, god, Radar Loved uh, to have you ever heard of the group called Crow? They had a song called Evil Woman, and not the Evil Woman by the Santanas, but they had a song called it went like Evil Woman, don't play those games with do do. Yeah, I've heard that song. Yeah. Yeah, that era of music, there was something to that that I, I I still, I just like when I hear Joplin singing, take another little piece of my heart, you know, and, and that stuff, it it gets me. And I still want to write music like that. It's probably, you know, maybe that ain't in style, but once again, who knows, you might make it in style. You might do what Nirvana done to our band, you know, and you might set another trend, you know. But once again, I just like that style. You know, when I pick up a cover for the band, I want them to be. We're even talking about doing this song by the Yardburns. It's called "Mr. You're a Better Man Than I," and they did it on I think, I think it was their second album. So, you know, something from the English invasion, British invasion days might pick up one of those. We did do a, our last gig. We did a song. I don't know if you remember a group called Standells. They had a song called "Dirty Water." It's kind of like down by the water, and then at, at the chorus is well, I love that dirty water. Bom, bom, bom. Oh, Boston, you're my, you know, that's an old one, but we we might even do that for our new album. You know, it it went over really good in Indiana, and it just rocks. You know, so 
that's what I'm listening to mostly right now, the classic rock. Yeah, I think classic rock, I mean, I you know, we have classic rock stations up here, but I feel like to like truly classic rock, I don't think they really cover it. I mean, you know, Janis Joplin, The Stones, The Doors, Alice Cooper, like all those great bands. Yes, 18. We still do 18 by Alice Cooper. Oh, yes. Those are I'm classic. a huge Alice Cooper fan. Are you? Yeah. Uh, I, I am too. I've seen him, what, out here in our hometown, we've seen him one time. Uh, it's probably been four, maybe five years ago. The guy's smart, man. First, he's good. And he he has a very young band around around him that is cool and full of energy. And he just is like the old wise owl that stands on the stage. It's, and he's Alice Cooper. And he, his show, his you can see, see he still loves it, you know. But, yeah, I like Alice Cooper, you know. Just all the tricks he pulls out, too. Like, some of the stuff, like, if he does this on a tour, you will not see it on the next tour. He changes it up so much, you don't know what to expect. I Yes. I've not seen him a ton lately, but, yeah. You won't believe it. I seen him a long time ago. Actually worked in this ballroom. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Indiana Beach in Monticello, Indiana. Yes, I have. I've been there. Yeah. Okay. In their day, I don't. You probably know it. They had the biggest rock bands actually in the history of music. You know, they've had them all: Joplin, The Doors, uh, The Yardbirds, uh, Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes. But it just goes on and on, you know, and I was lucky enough that um, I was young and they let school kids work this beach, you know, the boardwalker and stuff like that. But I end up lucking out because my the owner of the beach, Tom Spackman, who's not here now, but he's the one that more or less put the Indiana Beach together in the 40s. And he knew I liked music. So he let me hang out in the ballroom. I actually actually helped the set out set up and um in that time you remember the song i can see for miles by the who yes i do yes okay they had just released that actually and they were playing the indiana beach they come in in a yellow bus that was all painted up it looked like a school bus and uh got to meet a lot of those bands the turtles uh you know actually watched them uh they wanted to go a water skiing so I was the spotter to watch, you know, because you had to have an extra guy in the boat, you know, so my boss let me go out with them. Um, so I got to see a lot of those classic rock bands, and I think that's why I like the classic rock so much, because I got to see most all of them. The Vanilla Fudge, uh, it goes on and on, you know, like, uh, who was it? Um, who did One Pill Makes You Larger, One Makes You, oh, had a song called White Rabbit. I can't even think of their name. Uh, oh, um, <sighs> he was a girl singer, uh, too. But you know, they yeah. all, yeah, all those groups were there. The Outsiders, Tommy James and Sean Dales, the Kingsmen, you know, and on and on, you know. So I and I worked that place for probably about four years. So he even let me play. Matter of fact, he let me do a gig at the Indiana Beach Ballroom, and I opened for a group called, and I was really young. Um, oh, God, what was her name? Uh, uh, 
I can't think. I, I, it's amazing. I can't think of it right now. But they had a hit song out, and we got to open for them. So that was my first. It was a three-piece group we had, and um, it was very cool. And that gave me the fever, too. You know, I was probably, I might have turned 16 for that, at that time, you know. But it was a big band. I just can't think of their name right now. Huge. You know, I think they only had one or two hits, but they still made a name, you know. So lucked out, you know, right place at the right time again. Hey, I, sometimes I'd rather be lucky than good. So, <laughs> or or in your case, both. <laughs> I consider myself really lucky. I've been fortunate. That's just I'm, I'm. I love it. I'm. Yeah, I've been lucky, and I appreciate it too. Everything that just went along with it, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But it, Gary, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I had a wonderful time chatting with you about all things classic rock and all your solo material, asphalt ballet, all that stuff. It was awesome. I appreciate you giving me time on here too, Matthew. Anytime you, if, if the new album comes out, when it gets out, if you want to bug me or I'll bug you, uh, I'll let you know how that's going and let's keep in contact. Yeah, but I, I do got one more thing before I let you go. Okay. What are your plans for this year, 2021? Well, I do plan on going in the studio in April. Um, I think this year I would like to put a little more time into music, you know, than I have over my last few years, just because it seemed like the timing's right. And I feel like I've got, remember how I was saying earlier, I think I found the first bunch of players that seemed to gel like a perfect puzzle in quite a few years and the songs were writing i love them you know and i think they're some of the best yet you know and it's nice to write with a whole band and all of us are writing together so my plans are to try to take this one a little farther than what i have been over my last few years because i think i've got something you know so that's my plans playing a lot more you know Hope the coach. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yeah, I'll let you know when we're at the beach too. Yeah, make sure. Yeah, I will see. I, I, I would think it'd be really cool to see you guys. So, I will make sure. But thank you so much for Gary Jeffries, rock and roller. I am Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio. Thank you for watching. Cool, rock on. <laughs>